This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. And you're back with Encounter with God. I'm here with Matty Voyner this morning. Um, he's kind of the he's kind of the boss around here, although he doesn't like being called the boss. <laughs> I do not like being called the boss. At all. <laughs> so I'm just going to say just, that on air. You're just going to do it all. I'm just gonna, I am. I am totally. It's it's it's, it's over now. It's the, the, the the boss is on air. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay, this is Encounter with God. This is Bible study time. This is 20 million movement. This is 20 million people around the world studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Although we are a tad behind here on the breakfast show at the moment because we did have a couple of days off air while we rebuilt the entire system. System. So we're rebuilding a lot of stuff uh, at the beginning of this year, Maddie. Yes. Um, sort of mm. one uh, step at a time. Definitely. Um, we've got um, a couple more big changes yes. to, to, to make coming up and a, and a bunch of smaller changes. Next week, we will be having a big announcement for you all. So that will we'll be indeed. very exciting for you to look forward to. Yeah. wonder what that might be. Yep. You'll have to uh, wait and <laughs> hear. You don't Tune get to wait and see. You will have to wait and hear. Kind of the radio, the way radio works. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So, oh, before we get into our Bible study, I did want to mention the um, the concert fundraiser that's happening down at Gosford. Maddie, what's that all about? Yes, February one, uh, Gosford Adventist Church. If you're in the region, are running a bushfire relief concert. Um, Tragic that, events yesterday with the loss of that uh, C130 Hercules fighting the fires. Yeah, that was that was horrific. Just, yeah. Yeah, look, if you want to support uh, and you're in that region, head on down to, to Gosford Adventist Church um, on Saturday, the 1st, 1st of February, so yeah. a few days' time. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., they're going to have some fantastic artists there, um, One Talk Youths, and more Fijian youth, so a bunch of choirs, Ben Victor, and uh, guest artist Paulini. So that will be a fantastic evening, and um, of course, in support of, of the bushfire relief efforts. So make your yep. way down there. Definitely, definitely. All right, so getting into our Bible study for today, we were in Daniel chapter 3 yesterday. Uh, let's flick over there real quick. We have been looking at some of the historical background behind what was actually taking place here in Daniel 3 and the very difficult situation um, that Nebuchadnezzar found himself in where there is an event that has taken place very, very publicly that has significantly undermined, or at least in his eyes, has significantly undermined his influence. We're going to find out that uh, there was an actual rebellion that broke out, possibly as a result of, uh, in fact, I would go as far as saying likely, maybe not as a result of this dream, but it would be unlikely if this dream was not used in how this rebellion breaks out. And so he's going to launch a new god, and this god is made of pure gold, and this god is 30 meters tall, and this god is a golden image from head to toe. And this god is, you know, basically it's, it's the new brand of Babylon. Mm-hmm. He's launching a new brand right here for Babylon. He is going to get the entire world together to swear their allegiance to this new god. In doing so, they are swearing allegiance to him. In those days, there was probably an allegiance oath that included both the God and Nebuchadnezzar. The whole world gathers together. They all worship this golden image. And when they do, there are three men that are left standing. 
you're going to stand out if you're standing up in a huge crowd of people and everybody else is flat on their face. Mm. The Chaldeans are the ones. This is this is Nebuchadnezzar's tribe. This is his family. These are the ones who have been overlooked for positions of power in the Babylonian Empire. They are the ones who come and dob these guys in. They have a lot of reason to do so. They have a lot of motivation to do so because if these guys are gone, then there are positions open for more Chaldeans to be in positions of power. Nebuchadnezzar is now in an incredibly difficult position. He really, really likes these guys. And that's obvious by what happens. Because he's like, okay, all right, let's do this. Let's start over again. I'll give you another chance. We'll play the music again. Okay, so this is a little bit like if you've ever been to, let's say you've gone to Sydney Fireworks on New Year's Eve, Mm -hmm. right? And they start off into the first 10 minutes of the fireworks and suddenly they they stop and then there's a big announcement over loudspeakers. Um, We messed this up. We're going to start over. And the whole world is watching. (laughs) That's the equivalent of what you've got happening right here. Nebuchadnezzar is like, we'll stop. We'll stop. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Just for you guys. I will bear the personal embarrassment for you guys. Um, and then they give this famous reply. Maddie, would you like to read it for us in Daniel chapter 3? Um, and let's look down in... Verse 16. Um, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And uh, when I read this, I'm thinking of my personal faith uh, journey and trying to understand how do you come to the point where you can have this position, right? So... Um, the last phrase, I'll read the last phrase of the previous verse 15 when Nebuchadnezzar finishes his statement. And he says, look, if you, if you, uh, we'll do the whole thing again. And if you refuse to bow down, you will be immediately thrown into the burning, burning furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young Hebrews respond to, Nebuch- to Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I like how they had that, your majesty. <laughs> Our God is more powerful than you, your majesty. Yeah. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Okay, let's, let's place ourselves here in the crowd for a moment. This crowd has gathered together. There is every important person that you can imagine. You can, you, can, you can picture the most important ones. Probably your vassal kings are right at the front. And then maybe working your way back through the audience, through all of the other officials. Everybody who is an official in any capacity is there. It's on the plain of Jura. So this is, this is a flat, open area. You've got a golden statue that is 90 feet tall, 30 meters tall. There are um, obelisks in Egypt that were that height, made out of stone, but plated with electrum and gold. And they said the reflected light could be seen from over the horizon. And so, you know, when you when you take all of this into consideration, you've got the attention of the people is all on the image. The minds of the people are focused on Nebuchadnezzar and 
the empire. And this is Nebuchadnezzar wowing the nations by his greatness. Mm. And in many ways, yes, they're there to swear a loyalty oath, but he's also showing them, look, this is the greatest city in the world. There, this is nothing like you've ever seen. You guys are a bunch of peasants. Why would you revolt against this? This is great for you. This is, this is a good deal. And, of course, the, 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 you know, I offer you blessings and cursings, basically, is what Nebuchadnezzar is doing. Is like, you can, you can be part of this good deal. You can worship this, this good, you know, this, this, this great God that you know, can be a part of this empire that's incredibly wealthy. Or you can break free and I'll come and smash you. There is no one who can stand against There is Babylon. no one who can stand against yep. Babylon. There is no one who can stand against me. There is no God that can go up against my new God that I've just yep. made right here. And it's, it's an interesting, the fact that in our modern day uh, conception of God, many people have that vision of God. It's my way or the highway. I'll give you something good. And if you don't want to take it, then in the furnace you go. This is so true. This is so true. Lots of Christians have that attitude towards God. Yeah, you could say they view God like Nebuchadnezzar. Uh-huh. Anyway, moving on from there, place yourself in the audience. Your attention is going to be focused on the image. It's going to be focused on you know, your mind is going to be thinking about you know, Nebuchadnezzar, the empire, all these thoughts are going through your head. And then these three guys rebel. And now where is your attention focused? These three young men that has just defied the entire Can can your attention really be focused anywhere else? It's like, what's going to happen here? What have they done? (laughs) What is is going to happen here? Let's let's watch and see what happens. And maybe it's going to be one one of those events where you really don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. But you can't not. You're in the crowd thinking to yourself, sit down. What are you doing? Sit down. Bow down. (laughs) And at the same time, you know, as as they go up before Nebuchadnezzar, it's like, just, 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 just. You know, accept what he says, and then as the as the furnace comes on, it's a little bit like, well, I don't want to see three people burn to death. But if you're in the audience, would you be able to turn away? You know, it's a, a question worth asking, isn't it? Would you be able to turn away and to look somewhere? Some of you would. It would be sickening. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. However, this is the ancient world. These are leaders, and as a result of being leaders, they are probably fairly traumatized by you know, battle and conflict already, most of them. And so you know that while you, know, you and I may be able to turn away, or our eyes must just might be just you know drawn back to it, and, and as you're listening today, you, you place yourself in those shoes, how would you, how would you what, what, what would you do? You know, how, do you, how do you not look, but then you don't want to look? Mm. And I, I think m- most of the audience would be, particularly when these three young men deliver their response to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar's just going, oh, yeah, look, yeah. I'll do the whole thing again. And their response, their, that that Oh, is a slap in the face. They have stood up in front of, sorry, I butted in. They have stood up in front of the entire leadership of the empire and publicly defied Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. To his face. Yeah, potentially undone everything he's trying to do at that event. Yep. (laughs) To his face. Oh, the drama that is happening here. And obviously, obviously no one's expecting God to save these guys. They're just thinking, well, these guys are just toast. Yeah, they're gone. At this point, the image itself is, like, forgotten. (laughs) You know, a, a public execution is... 
you know, rates way above the launch of a new god. In media, we have this saying, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, and something's about to bleed, so it's going to lead. And so all of the attention of the entire crowd is now focused on these three guys. You know, in many ways, you know, these three guys are some of the last, the last of the last of the last true followers of God. And this is Satan trying to wipe the knowledge of God off the face of the planet. You've got Ezekiel and Jeremiah. You've got Daniel. He's somewhere else in the empire. And the devil has been trying to wipe these guys out for a considerable amount of time. You know, number of attempts on their life and so forth already. And if Satan can wipe them out, he's kind of wiped out the last great men of God. There may be a few sort of, you know, hangers oners here and there, but that's about it. There have been, you know, four bad kings in a row, generations of apostasy from God, and Satan's like, I got them. I got them trapped. I got these three guys. They are at the meeting. They can't do anything else but be executed at this meeting or worship me. Those are the only two options mm-hmm. they have. Satan's grinning to himself like, I've won this round. You know, I've backed them into a corner. There's there's, there's no way out. Mm. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar, sorry, you're going to say something? Well, I'm just thinking um, deja vu. This sounds very similar to a passage in Revelation uh, chapter 13 where it's, it's almost depicts the same picture will happen again at the end of time where Absolutely. the true followers of God will be required to make a stand to worship God or to worship an image, the, an image, um, and and looking at the stance of these three young Hebrews, you know, how do I develop that strength of relationship to be able to respond in the way they did? But even if he doesn't, Your Majesty, we want to make it clear to you, mm-hmm. we will not serve your gods. Um, I want to have that type of faith, that strength of faith. How do you develop that strength of, of faith? Here's the here's the key, and this is and this is critical for us to understand. And we're going to actually spend a bit of time, you know, looking at Revelation 13, possibly um, on Monday, and the parallels between the two. Revelation 13 is our era, our day. It's it's relevant to us right now. Yeah, this story is something it we is, need to study for today. Daniel 3 is a parallel of Revelation 13. So Daniel 3 is in the Bible to give us an example of how we can overcome in Revelation 13. The key to these young men and the faith that they have developed really comes through in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel 1 sets you up for Daniel 3. Mm. You can imagine the different experiences that the, these three young men, together with Daniel, had. I mean, they were torn from their families, um, potentially physically mutilated. Um, they were carried across the desert, uh, had no idea of their future. Their, their relationships through that period, um, they would have either forsaken God then or clung to him, and God would have walked through them. When you, Let's say you have a relationship with uh, with a friend, your best friend, right? And that only builds when you go through things together, when you go through experiences together. That's how you build a relationship. And you look at, like you said, Daniel chapter 1 and um, the exile and the trip to Babylon and then the um, the integration, if you want to call it, into, ba- into the, the, the Babylonian circles and their requirements, you know, to adhere to the culture, to eat the king's food, to do this and that. That period, I think, was form- formative for them. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, the test that comes in Daniel chapter 1 
is pretty small. It's just over food. They had a lot of really good reasons why they could and probably should have compromised. But those kind of tests, it's the small tests that build character. It's how we deal with the small things. And when you can see God stepping in for you at those small things, you'll trust him with the big things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the key lesson here for us is that when a small thing comes your way and you think, well, there's no way around this. This is an area where I just should compromise and, and live. If we place our trust in God at that point, number one, we will see God come through for us in a small issue. And number two, we won't defile our conscience by compromise. Mm. Because the devil never comes to us with really huge sins. Like, oh, you should go and do this particular huge sin. He leads us on a journey. And that journey has a thousand steps of small sins building up to the big ones. Mm. It's really hard, particularly when you really want something. You know, yeah. when when you're looking forward to um, to getting that job, to to making um, you know that achievement in your life, to to taking that trip, and and there's something in the way, and you're like, oh, I really shouldn't be doing that, you know. But but I don't want to miss out on that opportunity or that thing that you've mm. been desiring, and and uh, you you really need to just um, surrender your will and go look. I don't know why these roadblocks are happening or I don't know why I'm, I'm forced to choose between worshipping God or this thing that I really want. But you know what? I'm going to choose God yep. and, and let Him... Um, Regardless of how big or small the issue is. Exactly. I mean, seriously, over food. Yep, exactly. You know, I, I think that there would have been so many Jews who would have just shaken their head like, what are these guys... Yep. What are they on? It's just food for crying out loud. And probably a banquet at that. Yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, really nice food. They're not going to eat this really nice food. Eating from the king's, king's um, resources. His own, pers- his own personal chef uh, is preparing it, and and they're gonna they're going to you know make a stand on that. Mm. I think like, men- some of the Jews may have been thinking, "This is awesome. This is better than oh, what I had at home." Absolutely. <laughs> and this is the key. It, 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 the decision in Daniel chapter three was actually made by these three young men in Daniel chapter one. That's where they made a decision where. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happens. We're not going to compromise. Big, small, or indifferent. Yep. And you know that's a uh, that's a, a, a you know that's where their faith comes from. They've seen God work in in the past. They know that God's not going to let them down this time. Mm. And I genuinely believe they were they were at a position in their faith where they didn't care if God saved them or not. That's None right. That matters. They were absolutely. Just, their mind was in the the uh, perspective of, of eternity. You know, and what happens here in our short lifespan doesn't matter. All of our accomplishments. You look at the the journey of Nebuchadnezzar and how uh, how many accomplishments he had, and how much value he placed on those accomplishments. And um, and for them, that's in complete contrast. Um, they didn't care. Yep. They didn't yep. care. All they cared was that at the right time, at the right moment, they stood up for God. And if he did save them, great. If not, just as great. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, hashtag, you know, Christian life goals right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, a major, major um, life goal. Okay, let's, uh, let's, read, uh, let's read verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. 
Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed with their clothes on, turbans, pants, robes, and garments. And uh, because of the because the king and his anger had demand, demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers and threw the three men in. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about this after we listen to Blair and Emma Lempke sing about this passage. Stand up. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and we're in our Encounter with God section. We just read about Nebuchadnezzar, his response to being challenged to his face in front of all of his leaders from his entire empire. Mm. He binds them up, throws them in the fire. Okay, but he doesn't just throw them in the fire. He makes this fire seven times hotter than it has ever been heated before. Now, this furnace is there. It's probably a furnace that has been, uh, rather than being custom built for burning people, there's every possibility that was custom built for, you know, 
smelting the materials that would be used in building the golden image. We don't really know, but there's a furnace there that has obviously been used before because Nebuchadnezzar is saying, make it seven times hotter than it's ever been heated before. It may be a furnace that he uses on semi-regular occasions to execute people he really doesn't like. In which case, you have to ask yourself the question, why did he make it seven times hotter? Was this just a reflection of how much of a psycho Nebuchadnezzar was? Or was it a result of Nebuchadnezzar having come in contact with Yahweh before and maybe feeling a little bit nervous about this confrontation with this Hebrew God? Now, from Nebuchadnezzar's perspective, he has every confidence that Bel and Marduk, you know, the standard Babylonian gods, are more powerful than Yahweh because he's conquered He's conquered Yahweh. In, in, in their understanding of the times, when you conquer another nation, you've conquered their gods because their gods would have saved them if their gods were powerful enough. Mm. Yahweh's not powerful enough. He's launching a new god here, an untried god, and he's going up against Yahweh with well, this one. Exactly. So he, he, he conquered Jerusalem. But then in steps- he sacked the temple. Yeah, yeah. So there you he's go. Like, he's like, all of, all, of, all of your stuff from your temple is, is, in, is now in my temple. I don't need to be afraid of Yahweh. Yep. But then Daniel steps into his courtroom yes. and introduces Yahweh as the revealer of secrets, the revealer of mysteries, uh, the revealer yeah. of the future. Hang on. This, this God is still alive and kicking and he's, he's talking to me. He's got some yes. serious power. And he's just done something which no other God has done. Yeah, Bella Marduk failed miserably. Yes. So... You know, can they can can Yahweh save these three men from the fire? If any other god that Nebuchadnezzar has encountered, um, got uh, out of any other god, Yahweh can. Yeah. yeah so he, you're probably right. He's yeah, probably yeah. really nervous. He's, he's, he's nervous. He's like, okay, we've got to make sure of this. It's a battle so of just, gods and kings. Uh huh. Uh huh. Absolutely. He's just like, make it hotter and hotter and make it seven times hotter, and it becomes so hot that the radiant heat coming out of the front of that furnace instantly kills the greatest men that were in his army who throw these guys in. Now, that's that's a lot of heat. You know, you've got a furnace there. You've got the doors to that furnace. You can imagine they're coming up the sides. They're going to throw these thing, these guys in either from the sides or the top. They're staying as far away from that heat as they can. And it kills them without having come in contact with the flames. That is an incredible amount of heat. And this is, you know, you can kind of see what's happening here because this is, you know, Satan's about to, to wipe these three guys out. So he's happy. Nebuchadnezzar is like, I'm going to make sure, absolutely sure. Uh, and, and so it, it is just absolutely blazing hot. But the more that Nebuchadnezzar does and the more that Satan does, the more they ramp it up, the higher they raise the conflict level. All they are doing is making the power of God that much plainer. Because this is not about to be a fire-walking trick. Mm. You, know, you can go to some place in the world, yep. you can watch fire walkers, and they'll walk acro- across hot coals. You know, they, they, they go into a trance, they get filled with demons, mm-hmm. um, they do you know, miracles by the power of Satan, and they walk across hot coals. This is not a fire-walking trip. Mm. No. Everyone else around, all the guards died. Yeah. So this, this is, is this is not something this, that oh well maybe there was a you know, malfunction with the first. No 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 <laughs> no no. And and we know that Nebuchadnezzar is not exaggerating by the effect that it has on the on on his guard mm, when when they're exactly. killed. Yeah. So yep. The three next verse. 
Yep, the next verse, the, the three uh, young men get thrown in, securely tied. They fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Yeah. In mine, it's even more specific. It says, looks like the Son of God. It's a bit amazing how the Son of God is instantly recognizable. Yeah, exactly. You don't exactly. There's one of the few places actually in the Old Testament where Jesus is referred to as the Son of God. Instantly recognizable. He doesn't have to be told, doesn't have to be introduced. He knows. Mm. And the crazy thing is that in the New Testament, we have witnesses that spent time with the disciples. They hadn't even met Jesus. And they reported, we know that these men have been with Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. that gets passed That's on right. in a certain way. You it know, does. Once, once you've had contact with God, once you've had contact with Jesus, it will show in your life. Yeah. You know. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. You've got these three guys. That is a major crisis for their life, but they're not going to uh, buckle or bend or compromise in any way, shape, or form. They end up in the fiery furnace. And this is how far Jesus will go for you. Because for these three guys, Jesus himself personally, ruler and creator of the entire universe... And that universe is big. He leaves the courts of heaven. He comes down to this earth and he stands right there in the fire Mm. with those guys. In contrast to Nebuchadnezzar, this is the kind of God we serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is standing there in the fire with them. And all of us go through fires in our life. Not just the kind of fires that we're having here in Australia right now, but you might have gone through those kind of fires as well. There are at least 2,000 people here in Australia right now, 2,000 families, I should say, in Australia right now, not people, but families, who have gone through the fire, the literal fire, of losing their home. That's hard. Uh, Scott Morrison has just gone through the fire of losing his father. His father just died overnight. Just a terrible tragedy. Um... And that story can be told you know, multiple times right across Australia right now. Maybe something like that happened to you. And the reality is that when we go through the fire, Jesus will come personally to our side rather than see us fall under temptation and attack. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he cares for us. Uh, this is a personal God. This is not a God who, you know, stands back and hides in the shadows and is like, yeah, wow, look at what all those humans are doing down there on earth. This will be interesting to watch. No, not at all. This is a guy who's like, wow, those guys are going to, they're, they're not going to bend. They are, they are not going to buckle. And you know what? I'm going to go and stand beside them. What the Bible doesn't say, and I wish it did, what is does the, Jesus say? Is the conversation? Yes. Why is the conversation not recorded? 
They're in the fire. Oh. Walking. Yeah. What okay, do you say to them? Now let's look. Let's 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 finish off by considering the big picture. You're in the audience. You've been dragged from you know some far reaches of the empire. You are focused on this image that Nebuchadnezzar has made. It is wowing everybody. You are in awe of what Nebuchadnezzar has done. You are there to swear a, a loyalty oath. Three men stand up. That catches your attention. They're offered a second chance. That's like, wow. Then the command goes out, make the fire seven times hotter than ever before. That's pretty extreme. Then there's a public execution that is going to take place. How much do you now remember of the image? (laughs) Then you actually see these guys thrown in. You actually get to inspect them when they come out. You can look in there and you can see four men in the fire. You can see the Son of God standing there in a fire. How much are you thinking about the golden image now? (laughs) What's significant? How much is Nebuchadnezzar still thinking about the golden image? (laughs) What's significant is this this image vanishes from history. Bell and Marduk, they stay. But this new God, he's there for a moment and gone the next. But when you go back to your country, what story are you going to be telling? Are you going to be telling the story of the golden image? Or are you going to be telling the story of Yahweh and a God who personally turned up to rescue people that were faithful to him? The devil has come out and is like, yeah, I'm about to wipe the last of the last of the last Mm -hmm. followers of God off the planet. And you know what? When he tries to do so, God's like, okay, yeah, you think you're good at this? Let me show you something. I'm going to tell the whole world about my power through your followers. They're going to carry my message. You speak a word and then it's done. Who am I to question thee? You wrote instructions for the dawn. Feel the treasures of the
was Ali and Leighton with Beyond. We've now come to question of the daytime. There's clue for the quiz. The quiz has still not been uh, solved. Have you got another clue for yes, us? Yes, we do have another clue. What book am I? Uh, in the twelfth chapter of this book, Paul. That's a big clue already. That's a big clue. Paul mentions his thorn in his in the flesh. Okay, that one that one has to give it away right there. Surely that one gives it away. Got to know where that one is. If you know the answer, call us right now. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. All right, let's move on to question of the day. And this one's come through from Darren. Darren's been sending us a, a bit of a list here. We're really good questions, so I really appreciate what you're sending through, Darren. Please keep, um, keep them coming. And how do I get this thing to open up? These um, good old Aldi phones. Here we go. <laughs> the studio phone. That's, um, that's our resources here at, yeah, uh, at the breakfast show. Many verses seem to indicate that a believer who has received God's free gift of salvation cannot lose it. And how can you lose a free gift from God? So that's the first part of the question. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to deal with this. This I've sort of been rushing this one a little bit the last couple of times. So I'm going to slow down a little bit. We're going to deal with this one bit at a time. And if we don't get to finish everything, we'll finish it on Monday. Okay, so the first thing is how can you lose a free gift from God? Let me give you an illustration of how that can happen. Because what we need to be very careful of is that we don't read into the Bible what the Bible does not actually say. We've got to read what it says rather than what we want it to say. Um, a free gift, let's say, for instance, um, you know, I'm, I'm downsizing at the moment. Let's say, for instance, Maddie, I give you my tractor. Thank you. I don't have a farm, but thank you. That's right. I'm sure you'll find somewhere where you can use it and create all kinds of havoc on someone's property. Your tractor's gorgeous. It's a beautiful old vintage tractor. It's a little, um, a smaller, a smaller size. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Okay, so I give you my tractor. Thank you. All right, and but you have nowhere to use it, so you you take it home, you store it in uh, in your basement under your apartment. Yep, I've and it a- becomes a bit of a problem because you've got nowhere to put it. Yep. Um, and so a couple of years down the track, you're like. It's not really working out for me. And you give it back. Are you able to do that? Well, of course. It's mine. I can give it to anyone. How much more obvious can this be? If I God could, gives I could us, sell it and make a profit. <laughs> if God gives to us the gift of salvation, what is stopping us from giving it back? You know, to me, this seems to be um, really, really simple. Um, and so, okay. Uh, can you lose lose a lose a free gift from God, which you did nothing to earn in the first place? Did you do anything to earn my tractor? No, not a thing. Uh, can you lose it by giving it back? Of course, you can. Um, that is freely available to you at any particular point, and it's exactly the same with salvation. Um, the question goes on. It's more about our shepherd Jesus than about his sheep. No one uh, is snatched from his hand. Okay, so then there's a couple of verses here. John twenty eight. Um, and 29. We're going to have a look at these two verses. So let's go over to um, John chapter 10, Gospel of John chapter 10, and let's read what the Bible actually says right here. Uh, John chapter 10 verse, and and, and we, we won't read what the Bible does not say. It says uh, in 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they will never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Okay, so when we become, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, the Bible has this beautiful depiction of Jesus holding us in his hand as 
a precious possession. Yeah, it's like it's almost protective in a way. It's protective, and it's something that he values. You know, he hasn't put us in his back pocket or anything like that. No, no, no. He's holding us in his hand, and the Bible says that no man can pluck you out of the hand of Jesus Christ. That's really significant right there. In fact, in uh, verse 28, it says, uh, neither, yeah, neither will any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all. And no man, he says it twice, no one is able to pluck us out of the hand of Jesus Christ. And we've just read about that in Daniel chapter 3, where you know Nebuchadnezzar really did try and pluck those three young men out of the hand of Jesus. And he couldn't do that. No one can pluck you out of the hand of Jesus. The question is, what if you decide you don't want to be there anymore? The Bible does not say that you can't climb out of the hand of Jesus. The Bible simply says that nobody else, some other person, can't pull you from the hand of Jesus. This is Matt Minicus and Josie Minicus. Come to me with your painful secrets Come to me with your tears of abandonment Come to me with all of your
You were listening to Matt and Josie Minicus with Come To Me. This is The Breakfast Show. We've actually come to the end of The Breakfast Show. Maddie's going to have mercy on you and give you one more clue yes. for the quiz. Phone it's been a tough still one. Open. It, is, it is a tough one, isn't it? The, um, here's another quiz for you. This is the second letter we have that Paul wrote to this church. All right, someone's got to get it. <laughs> That's like yep. one of two. Yep. So, if, if you do have the answer, call through 1-800-324-843 or text us 0491-064-669 or you could um, message us on the Faith FM Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. And we've got that prize there waiting for you. It's one of two and it's not in Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> or ancient Macedonia. That prize there is um, A History of Tomorrow by Julian Archer. A fantastic little book, uh, potential giveaway uh, if you want to pass it on to friends that uh, that would like to know more about the subject as well. We're going to give that away for our uh, end of end of, um, end of of program giveaway oh, as well. Yes, exactly. Yep. So we've got a couple of copies of those available. Um, and so, yeah, uh, if you would like, uh, if you can't answer it, call anyway there is one available that will go to the very first caller who can't answer the quiz and there is one available to the first caller who can answer the quiz so generous so we've got uh, two of them going this morning so our numbers are 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 don't forget that if you would like to study the bible for yourself uh, we know people we have means and ways of making that happen. So small group, one-on-one, correspondence, online, however you would like to study the Bible, we encourage everybody to be studying the Bible every day. And if you'd like some help with that, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we will connect you in such a way that you will be able to learn more about the Bible. Um, of course, text, text us on 0491 Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus. Do it.